Thanks for checking out the Sports Kid Wrestling Podcast. If you want even more from us, get Vince Russo reviewing Monday Night Raw every single Monday night, Dutch Mantel covering AEW Rampage and SmackDown, and the biggest breaking news with you, the fans, talking about it five days a week with Top Story, all on this podcast feed. So I took him into the shower room, and I and he shook my hand. He said, everything okay? And I said, well, if uh, if you're going to hit me like that uh, every night, I said, I'm going to have to either give you some receipts or you're going to have to start loosening up because you're not going to have an opponent to work with because I'm not going to make it. <laughs> You know, history shows that you and Sheik had such a great run, and then, uh, then you, you turned, as we used to say in the magazines, you became a rule breaker again, and you hooked yep. up with Freddie Blassie and the Iron Sheik and Nikolai Volkov. And my goodness, I remember the letters we used to get at the wrestling magazines of people who wanted to kill you. Oh yeah, well, I, I first went to uh, GI Joe. Right. Uh, shortly after the, uh, the Sheik and I had kind of run our uh, course, uh, G.I. Joe, uh, Hasbro Toys contacted me right yeah. before WrestleMania. And of course, Vince and I went round and around because I said, can't we do both? Can I be G.I. Joe and can we do wrestling? He said, I would love it. I would love it. But I just signed a contract with LJN and that would be a conflict of interest. So we. We had to go round, round, and round, and round, and finally, I, I didn't know what to do because I wanted to stay the WWE, and I wanted to go to to Hasbro and be the first living GI Joe. So I was sitting at the table one night with my family, and my wife said, "What is wrong with you? You haven't been acting right." And I said, "Well, I've got this problem. What's your problem?" I said, "Well, Vince McMahon uh, wants me to stay, and." and uh, Russell and, and continue to help uh, build up WrestleMania, number one. And, and uh, Hasbro wants me to come there. And she said, well, that's a pretty easy uh, solution. And I said, it is? And she said, yeah. She said, Bob, you can always be a wrestler. You can't always be the first living G.I. Joe. I said, that's why you get the big bucks, honey. <laughs> and so yeah. I called Vince the next day and off I went and... Uh, you know, a lot of bad things happened, you know, be- between me leaving and going to uh, G.I. Joe that I, I got so turned off with the WWE that I didn't even watch it. I know I that, that was the period of time. That was the period of time you came up to our office a few times and was telling us back at the magazines what was going on. Right, right, right. And so I just I didn't watch it. So I'm finished up with uh, Hasbro. Pretty much, uh, I only had like uh, three or four months left on my contract. And I'm at a hotel in Cleveland, Ohio, and uh, WrestleMania 6 is uh, advertised to uh, buy the pay-per-view in the room. So I called up the front desk. How do I get the pay-per-view? I said, it's time for me to maybe watch it again. So I, I, I hook it up and I watch it. And I, Bill, I was just amazed at the production that I was watching. It looked, when I left the WWE uh, to go to G.I. Joe, they probably had three or four cameras. That's all they, they had, three, four or five cameras. 
they must have had 25 cameras on this uh, pay-per-view. It looked like a million people were at the uh, Toronto, you know, dome there. And I just, I, I just could not believe it. I watched the match with the ultimate uh, puke and uh, the uh, <laughs> immortal slime Hulk Hogan. And so I got a piece of paper out of the desk of the uh, hotel uh, in the room there. And I got a pen and I put, Dear Vince, uh, and I said, I just watched uh, uh, WrestleMania 6 and I have to salute you and take my hat off to you because it's one of the best productions I've ever seen in any television. You know, Hollywood should take some uh, lessons from you. And and I signed it, uh, Sergeant Slaughter. And then I put P.S. The match uh, with Hogan and uh, Warrior, and I put two big letters, P.U. Because <laughs> it was it was a stinker, Rooney. And uh, so uh, late, shortly after that, about two weeks after that, I'm sitting at home watching a uh, NASCAR race on a Sunday, kind of drifting off in between the, the race, and my phone rings. I'm the only one home. I answer the phone. Hello, Sarge? Yes, Vince. Well, there's only Vince. Of course, there's only one Sarge. But right. He said, <laughs> I got your note. I really appreciate your feedback on the production. Kevin Dunn and I have worked endlessly hard to make our production the best that, that there is. And I said, well, you, you've done that. I said, no, and I went through the whole thing. I hadn't watched your show in six years and blah, blah, blah. So he said, uh, I, I see your contract with Hasbro is over with shortly. And I said, well, funny you should know that. And he goes, I need to know those things. That's yeah. why I know it. And he said, are you ready to go back to work? And I said, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go back to work. So. I tell my wife uh, at dinner that night and my two daughters, guess where I'm going tomorrow? Where are you going? Well, I'm going to Vince McMahon's house because we all lived in Connecticut. And uh, they said, oh, good, good. I bet he's going to make you the real, 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 real American hero like only he can do, my wife said. And I said, yeah, I think that's what he's going to do. So I get to Vince's house. It wasn't like we even missed a, a step. As soon as I get to his house, he's out there giving me hugs and hands me a, a water and we walk in, we talk a, a little while and he takes me into his little kind of a library and he's got the uh, uh, prototype of the uh, Coliseum in LA. Mm -hmm. And he's got big screens all over this uh, Coliseum and he said, this is WrestleMania 7. It's going to hold 104,000 people, and I want to break the Detroit record. He said, and I want you and Hulk Hogan to do it. And I said, oh, really? I said, well, how are you going to turn Hulk Hogan into the, the villain? He goes, Hulk, no, no, no. I want to turn you into the villain. And he, I said, oh, how are we going to do that? And he said, uh, and I said, I actually came here thinking that I was going to be the real, real, real American hero. And he goes, no, no here's my idea and he started laying out this iraqi sympathizer you're back from the wars and wherever you've been and and you're disappointed in the uh, military of the united states military because they're weak they they're letting things get by in the country and around the world and they're allowing saddam hussein to take over kuwait and and uh, he just laid this whole thing out and and uh 
And I said, uh, yeah, that sounds pretty interesting. He said, you want to do it? I said, well, yeah, maybe I'll do it. He said, well, it should be a little bit uh, tough. So why don't you go home and, and talk to your wife and family about it before dangerous. you do it? Dangerous, yeah. Right. So then I said, okay. But I knew I knew I wanted to do it because I've always loved being that villain, you know. And this sounded like a pretty rough villain, you know. And yeah. little did I know, uh, when I got home, my wife was expecting, of course, the real, real, real American hero story. And I told her the complete reverse. And she said, an Iraqi sympathizer? You're going to get killed. You can't do that. You just came off of G.I. Joe. You're the real American hero. I said, well, that's what Vince wants. She said, well, Bob, you've always controlled your character and, and made this decision. So if that's what you want to do, you go ahead. But don't tell, tell, tell me that I didn't tell you so. And I said, OK. So I called Vince up. I said, we're all ready to go. He said, OK, let's do it. We're going to do it nice and slow. You're going to do some vignettes where you're not, they don't really know what's wrong with you, but you're not being the friendly guy that you were when you left. And uh, so we, we were doing this really nice and smooth and slow. And I get a call from Vince. Another Sunday, a call, but it was a little later, about one o'clock in the morning. And he goes, Sarge? Yes, Vince. Oh, hey, Vince. A little change of plans. What's the change? He said, well, the ultimate warrior broke Macho Man's wrist last night. So I'm going to have to put you in his spot and uh, I'll put you with the sensational Sherry and you just take care of all the, the matches that they have left and uh, we'll go from there. And I said, oh, okay, no problem. But I never, you know, had met uh, the, the warrior and, you know, I didn't know anything about him. And the first night I, I wrestled him, I mean, it was like uh, going to war and uh, he was as, stiff as as you were you know and uh so i finally had to after the match uh he he closed me one time and all i saw were stars and i was gonna try to get up for a couple more but i couldn't get up mm -hmm. and so i went into the uh we finished the match and i went into the uh, locker room and i i got a towel wiped myself off and before i showered i walked over to his drop, uh, dressing room and i walked in and, and he saw me and he goes Okay, Sarge. I said, uh, would you come, come, uh, follow me over here. So I took him into the shower room and I, and he shook my hand. He said, everything okay? And I said, well, if, uh, if you're going to hit me like that, uh, every night, I said, I'm going to have to either give you some receipts or you're going to have to start loosening up because you're not going to have an opponent to work with because I'm not going to make it. And he said, oh, well, it was a little stiff. I said, yeah, quite a bit of stiff. Yeah. So he's, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. So it, it didn't change. And so I just had to fight him back. So most of our matches were, you know, all out brawls. We'd, yeah, we never like talked shoots. about the yeah. match, never talked about it. You know, back then, Bill, we didn't have scripts. We, we had lived everything pretty much in the business. And uh, so we just were out in there on our own. So, but finally we got through it all. And uh, one night, uh, they decided that uh, Sherry had uh, been with me long enough and uh, Macho Man was thinking about coming back soon because he's healing. And so we should get a, a new uh, manager for myself. So a couple calls were made to Minnesota and Adnan El Casey was brought in. 
and they told him uh, because he was an Iraqi, uh, he lived in Iraq and went to college with Saddam Hussein and knew the language, this would be a pretty good manager for me. So I right away started, you know, thinking, well, I'll call him the general. So I called him up a few times and I said, if you can find a general's outfit or whatever and, and bring that in and wear that, that would be great. So the first night in Horseshoe, Pennsylvania, he comes in and uh, we talked in Vince's office and Vince said, well, go go get your outfit on and come on back. So he, he leaves and here he comes walking in the door. I thought it was Saddam Hussein. He had the, <laughs> the, the beret on and the uniform and the medals and and uh, looked just like Saddam Hussein, except that he had a, uh, and he had a gun and holster on. It was plastic, of course. And I said, and Vince says, oh, my God, what do you think, Sarge? I said, I love everything, but get rid of that plastic gun. Don't give anybody any ideas, you know, that that's a real gun. So if you want to get rid of that, I'm in. So I brought him out there the first night in Hershey, Pennsylvania, and we <clears throat> could barely get out of the ring because people were, because he was screaming on the microphone and their, their, their language and making the people even madder because they couldn't understand and they knew he was from Iraq. And and so we just went on a uh, terror. And uh, Vince just said, you control whatever you want to do. If you go too far, I'll I'll bring it back. I'll pull the reins back. But just, you're, you know what you're doing out there. You just go do it. So uh, that's basically how I became the Iraqi sympathizer. And shor shortly after that, uh, Cosro needed a place. Yeah, it was but no, it's amazing because, like I said, in the uh, magazine offices, we got hundreds of letters of people that just wanted to get a hold of you and, you know. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So now let's move forward now to, uh, uh, you know, after all this happened. When was the uh, um, last time you spoke to Cosro or saw him? Well, we uh, shortly after I won the title from the Ultimate Warrior, uh, Another another uh, crazy things, you know, in the business. I'm we're having this match, and uh, I hear this huge noise, and I look down, and here's here's the uh, warrior laying on the second rope, and and I see Macho Man running off with Sherry, and he had knocked him over the head with a scepter, and I guess he was giving them a receipt for what he did to his wrist, because Randy was very sensitive of that kind of thing you don't hurt somebody in the ring and you don't right. you take care of your opponent and all and it was just festered in him and festered him and when he, he said, hit him with that scepter bill he hit him like a baseball bat and knocked him out actually knocked him out because i was gonna pull him i was trying to pull him off the rope but he was dead weight so i finally laid got him off him and he laid in the uh, ring and I said, well, I'm not going to let Macho Man get all the heat. So I dropped an elbow on him, and I figured he's going to kick out. So one, two, and he didn't kick out. Three, and I'm the new world champion. You know, So I get this purple belt. I'm holding this purple belt up in the air, and he finally kind of gets to his senses, rolls out of the ring, and runs to the dressing room. And the next thing I know, I'm... I'm the, I'm the world champion, and we got to do all these promos because now I'm the champion. Yes, and in yes, Miami, Florida. That.